Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode 118 of How Do You Write? Today, I have the amazing Eve Oshab on the show. And um, I'm having some fangirl moments in the last few shows, but Eve wrote a book that was exactly the book I wanted to read. It, uh, she wrote a book called Year of No Clutter, and I am freaking out about it. It is, she's not Marie Kondo. Let's just put it that way. I always want to read about clutter. I want to read about solutions. I want to read about minimalism and about the reason we collect so much stuff around us. And she is just real on the page. If you are interested in memoir at all, if you want to write um, memoir that both touches the heart and is humorous, you have to pick up either of her two books, Year of No Sugar or Year of No Clutter, and you will not be disappointed. And she's on the show today talking about writing, so you're going to enjoy that. A quick update. Um, I am going out of town this week. I'm doing my silent Vipassana six-day retreat where I will not talk to anyone for six days and I'm terrified. Never done anything like this before. Um, I can't wait to tell you all about it. So that's what I'm doing this week. So I'm getting this episode ready a little bit early. Something very exciting did happen. I got the, I'm going to turn around on my desk here. I got the ARCs, the advanced reader copies of, I'm showing it to you on the video here, Stolen Things, which is my first thriller coming out from Penguin. My first foray into thriller. You've heard me talk ad nauseum about writing this book, completing this book, selling this book, all of it. But here it is. Sorry about the trash can noise in the background. Garbage men just got here. Um, but it's just gorgeous. And I'm so excited about this book. This is the paper arc. It's coming out in hardcover in August. Um, and it feels real now. I have the book in my hands. So that is fabulous. There's nothing like opening that box up of the first copies that you get to see and it's gorgeous it's just a gorgeous book i i really hope that it flies from the shelves given my track record it will it will do a little dance on the shelves and it'll spin around for people and a couple people will like the dance um all everything crossed everything crossed that it flies a, a little faster than some of my other books always honest with you guys um quick Shout out to two new patrons. Thank you, Andrea Bovac. Um, it's nice to see you here, Andrea. And Martha Dupacher, I'm guessing on the last name. Thank you very, very much for supporting my Patreon, which helps me to write the essays, um, the creative nonfiction that I love to write. That's over at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, if you want to check that out. I am talking super fast because I have so much to do before I leave. Uh, plus, my goal is, you've heard me talk about this before, my goal is to finally make the romance live, the last romance, my last romance live on all the vendors. Um, but it's one of those things, every time I start to do one thing, I need to do 17 other things to get it done. So still not up. Hopefully it'll be out um, within the next day or two. Hoping. Fingers crossed. Again, much finger crossing happening in my part of the world. But everything feels good and things are going well and my head is in the right space i'm really enjoying this life that i get to live i 
kind of can't believe that it's mine. And that is a wonderful feeling. I try to rest in it as much as I can. Try to remember that this is the life that I wanted and I have it. Um, You know, I like to talk about and think about realities and reality always shifts, right? When I'm sitting, where I'm sitting here now will not be the same. Everything changes. Uh, But this very moment, even though I know it will change, I'm soaking it in because it is so beautiful and so brilliant and so cold. Our furnace has been out. It's 58 degrees in this room right now. I have every single layer of clothes. I I feel like the Michelin man. I'm wearing everything. Um, Getting a new furnace tomorrow, so that will be good because California is not that cold, but when you don't have a well-insulated house and it's winter, it's free. It, I'm I'm cold. So um, that will change too. I'll have heat. We get that. What luck. All right. Enjoy the interview, you all. I hope you get some writing done of your own. Please prioritize that time. Um, even I talk about prioritizing that time and how we do it and um, make that promise to yourself that you're going to put your writing first and then have your day. Or just make sure that you get it done. If it can't be first, then do it last. Do it in the middle, but get it done. Tell me about it. I want to know. And we will talk soon. Happy writing. Hey, writers. I've opened up some coaching slots. I'm not taking clients on a weekly basis right now as I'm working on my own books, but I am doing one-offs. I call them tune-ups. Tell me your plot problems and ask your character queries. Let me know what stumbling blocks you're up against. Get tips and tricks to get you back on the right track. Ask me questions about all things publishing. Together, we'll brainstorm your specific plan of action, making sure you're in the driver's seat of your book again. You'll receive a 30-minute call over Skype or FaceTime, giving you the honest encouragement you need to keep getting better or a polite ass-kicking if that's what you need and ask for. Plus, you'll get an MP3 audio recording or MP4 video, your choice of our chat, so you can re-listen at your leisure. And if you want a little more help, I can also critique either 10 pages or your book's outline and talk you through my findings. Just check out rachelherron.com coach for more info. I'd love to work with you. Now, on to the interview. All right. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome today Eve Oshab to the show. Hello, Eve. Hello. I am so thrilled to have you. Let me give you a little introduction and then I'm going to tell people why I'm so thrilled. Serial memoirist Eve Oshab lives with her family in Vermont and enjoys performing experiments on them so she can write about it. Oh, I feel that. Uh, During 2011, Eve wrote a blog about her family's attempt to live and eat for a year without any added sugar in their food, which became the book Year of No Sugar. She has been a guest on the Dr. Oz show and Fox and Friends and has appeared in numerous print and online outlets. She considers not hyperventilating on national television one of her greatest accomplishments. Her most recent book, Year of No Clutter, reveals her deepest, darkest, darkest secret clutter. Eve holds a BA and BFA from Cornell University and an MFA from the Rochester Institute of Technology. At various times, she has been a newspaper reporter, magazine columnist, and copywriter. She likes to say that she has written for everything but the classified section, but in truth, she did that too. (laughs) Well, Eve, I came across you with a year of no sugar because I'm 
a huge sucker for a stunt book, like, you know, like the year of anything. <laughs> if you give, you know, AJ Jacobs and you, and if you give me a, a I've actually, I just finished writing one last year called Replenish that uh, my agent has, but, but anyone who attempts to do anything awesome for a year, I want to read that book. So I picked it up a year of no sugar immediately um, when I saw it a couple of years ago and loved it. And, but the reason I really wanted to talk to you is from that project replenish um, where I was writing essays about replenishing kind of the creative spirit. Um, I came back to this idea of having a depth year, which is what I'm doing this year and not spending and getting rid of clutter and using the things that we have in our home. And I had read all the books. When I tell you that I read all the books on clutter and clearing clutter, I read all of them. But what I wanted was a memoir with a voice and the person that I could relate to beautifully. And I, I don't remember how I stumbled across it. I think it was on a Goodreads list, but I immediately one clicked because I remembered your name and I haven't read a book so fast in months. I, I read it in less than a day oh, wow. and I just lived in your world and you are my clutter kind of person. I don't, my office is horrible right now, but, but, um, I tend to <laughs> minimize everything gone and then everything creeps back in. And my wife is, a, a is, is, she's not a hoarder, but she's almost one. And like, she's rubbed off on me and, and I just love being in your book and in your words. And how has it been since you wrote that book, since that came out? How is all the clutter thing going? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, you know, as you saw, when, when you got to the end of the book, I sort of ended in a sort of interesting, weird, ambivalent place. Which no, I you know, spoiler loved, alert. <laughs> which I loved. I, I think, I, I mean, I trusted you more because of that. Uh, I'm so glad because as you could probably hear at the end, there was this huge internal struggle going on for me and that struggle continues to this day. And that's, and that's what I loved about that project was it gave me the space to explore that part of me and do it super in depth and do it in a really like, okay, let's just blah, spread it all out and find out as much as I possibly can, but it's not going to go away. I mean, I, I learned a lot and I changed myself in a lot of ways. Um, and I'm, I'm very happy uh, with where I am now, but at the same time, it remains an ongoing forever sort of struggle. I mean, there's always more stuff that wants to come into my house and <laughs> there's, it's outside it's knocking right end. now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's trying to get in. Don't let it in. And the same thing is true with, with sugar. Sugar remains an ongoing forever struggle because it is everywhere. You know, you, ha you have to have things in your life and you have to eat food throughout your day. And these are things that I will never get away from, but I've learned how to deal with them differently in ways that I like better, that are more functional for me. Um, but it's funny because I, I look at the room, the hell room, that I uh, focus on quite a bit in, in Year of No Clutter and... Um, you know, it's, it's functional enough. I, I did a little, um, time-lapse video. I've I don't know. I've seen it. I love it. Check that out. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> I, and in that, you know, I, I start with just the most horrific mess there. You can't, uh, you can't see the floor. You know, there's stuff everywhere in this hell room that I have, that is my deepest, darkest secret that no one knew about, not even my mother. <laughs> And, and it's large. And it wasn't it like 700 square feet or something like that? Yes, 
it's yeah. enormous. It's the biggest room in our whole house. And we have a big old rambling farmhouse. But the problem when you have an extra room that you don't have any particular use for, that's a very dangerous thing, yes. I, I found. Um, and so this, this issue that had sort of been going with me everywhere I went and every place I lived throughout my life, you know, sort of blossomed. I sat down here in Vermont and for 20 years, that problem, it was, you know, my portrait of Dorian Gray. <laughs> Everything else looks great. So then I get to the end of the project and it looked really good for the video, but it doesn't stay that way all the time. It's functional. You can still see the floor. I can go in there and I can do things now. And that's what I really wanted. I wanted functionality uh, as good as I could manage and still, you know, not turn into this is all I do all day long is obsessed about this stupid room. <laughs> what, what you managed to do in that book, though, um, you really did the thing that I love most in memoir. I teach memoir. I'm I'm obsessive about memoir. And you you show the thing that you're working on and then you you widen the scope and you looked at family and you looked at your dad and you looked at and you were so honest and brave and truthful on the page. Um, how do <laughs> I'm going to ask you the question that people always ask me and, and memoirists, but like, how does your husband who set you up on Skype today, how does he feel about you <laughs> writing all of this? It's wonderful because, uh, you know, I have to truthfully say that he is more supportive than I could ever possibly reasonably expect him to be. <laughs> um, I'm really lucky that he's the person that I ended up married to. And, and you know, he is an artist and he's mm -hmm. a lot of artists, uh, visual artists, are very uncomfortable with words. So we take turns like he needs words. I help him with that. I need help with technology, for example, or my <laughs> website or, you know, or, hey, I want to do this project that I want to write about. And you won't mind if I totally upend our lives for, you know, a year or so. Right. And he's, he's terrific. He's great because he knows, you know, that I support him in his passion. So he supports me in mine. Not to say there aren't moments of tension. Yeah. There certainly are, which makes for great stories. It makes for great <laughs> stories, and you can, you can, your your words ring true when they're on the page. I know that you're not, you're not, so to speak, sugarcoating it. Um, this, these are the conversations that you had with him and with your daughters, and it's just, it's just gorgeous. And I haven't asked you any of my questions yet. I'm just fangirling because oh I just love this book so, 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 so much. Can you tell us about your writing process, though? That's what my listeners love to know about. How do you get the writing done? Where and when? And what's your, what's your best ideal day look like? Um, well, I sort of, you know, I, I, it wasn't always the case that I was like organized and I knew when I was going to get to write. I mean, I, I started uh, Year of No Sugar as the first, it was the first book project that I'd ever attempted. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, it was like kamikaze, like, you know, I'd write on little post-its and I'd write over here if I got 45 minutes and like, you know, because I had a six-year-old and an 11-year-old at that time and mm -hmm. it was just whatever. Um, now... <laughs> Uh, I've evolved into like I have a pattern, I have a way of working, and it's very comfortable and familiar. So I, I tend to write um, pretty much every day in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like uh, to get up and I get everybody off to school, work wherever they're going, and then usually I'll exercise, get dressed, and then I sit down and I do some email and I go around the social media stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm caught up. Now I can write. And then I'll write for two, three hours on mm -hmm. um, whatever it is I'm working on. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, if I'm having trouble 
I'll say, oh, well, I'll just write for, you know, a little bit longer and then I'll take a break. And inevitably, I'll sort of get swept up in something or another. And that period of time when I was supposed to stop goes whooshing by and I don't even notice it. And I love that feeling when you look up and you go, oh, my God, what time is it? You know? <laughs> to me, that's literally one of the best best feelings in writing because I, I have a, I have a weirdly accurate time sense. I always know, you know, I can wake up in the middle of the night and I know what time it is without looking at the clock. I just, I always know. And, but the only time that goes is when I'm really caught up in something that, that I'm writing. The only time, the only time. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Um, mm, uh, crippling self doubt. (laughs) (laughs) You must, you must be a writer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's up there. Um, the 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 questioning myself and like you know who do I think I am to come in here and be the person to write this thing or you know uh, do this something um, and getting distracted. Uh, I again since I have a pattern now that's better. It's much better because I go okay this is sacrosanct time here. Mm-hmm. In you know in I know that. There will be time later in my day when I'm going to do my errands and in my laundry and my cooking and whatever, you know, and I, I like breaking it up that way because after I've written solid for a handful of hours, I'm kind of fried yeah, uh, and my brain starts going yeah, <laughs> and I'm yeah. start, I start getting like, I don't know if that's good or not. And that's when it's time to go away and, you know, maybe come back if you need to. But if not, just say, you know what, I'm done till tomorrow when I'm fresh again. That's pretty much exactly what I do, but I I do the writing before the social media and the email because if I get an email, I'm never never coming back. <laughs> what what is your yeah. biggest What's your biggest joy when it comes to writing? Oh, um, my well, I I have two. Uh, one is connecting with a, a reader who like as like you were me. describing. I mean, you you <laughs> totally made my day, week, month when I heard from you and you described how you found my book about clutter. I was just like, oh, that's so wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there reading, but you don't hear from every single one. And right. That's probably good. But yeah. <laughs> probably really good. <laughs> but, but usually the people I hear from are the people who are very enthusiastic. And it just, it just fills me with so much joy to, to have that feeling that I brought something from my experience to another person and they related to it mm-hmm. and felt it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but my other, uh, favorite thing is when I discover something, when I'm going, something crops up and I'm reading it and I, and I don't realize, or I don't remember writing it, it's mine. And, and I'm reading along and I go, Oh my God, this is good. Who wrote that? (laughs) (laughs) When you, when you have those moments where like, you know that you didn't write those sentences, somebody came in in the middle of the night and they did them for you because it couldn't have been you. you. Yeah. 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 Either I remember it or I just think. Wow, this is good. I couldn't oh. possibly, you know, like I, I like what I did. Yeah. And, and especially the laughter. I mean, I'm really big on, um, on, on things being lighthearted and funny. And, mm-hmm. you know, especially when, when they are at their most serious or angry or difficult. That's when I think there's so much potential for laughter. Um, I think it's very therapeutic. And you do it um, so beautifully. So oh. <laughs> beautifully. I want everyone seriously to buy this book. Can you share a craft tip of any sort with us? Oh, craft tip. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I made notes and everything. Okay. <laughs> be stubborn. 
be stubborn. Oh. That's my number one. And that's kind of vague, but um, that was what I found with Year of No Sugar was I had never written a book before. I wasn't, you know, anybody in particular. I was just a person who had done a lot of writing and loved words and knew that I wanted to uh, write a book. And I came across this idea and I became so obsessed with it that you couldn't shut me up about this for years. I mean, <laughs> between when I had the idea, then we started the project, we spent the whole year doing the project, then I spent two years actually compiling the manuscript, and then uh, I found an agent. So the book was done. Wow. That's how obsessed I was. I was like, I am writing this book, even if nobody wants it. <laughs> That's fabulous, though. So you sold was, it book in hand. I, it was totally done. By the time my agent connected me with uh, Sourcebooks, my publisher, mm -hmm. um, I, I literally just went, oh, here you go. Here it is. You know, and that felt really That was, felt wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it felt wonderful. But, and it probably will never happen again like that. But, <laughs> but you were so stubborn about it and you just kept going back to it and you loved it and you knew that if you loved it, other people would. That was how I felt. I was like, I just have to keep going because I'm so, this is just something I have to do. And I feel like whenever I talk to people who say, I want to write, what do you say? You know, what do you recommend? What can I do? I'm like, find something you are so passionate about that you will be that stubborn, that you won't let anyone dissuade you. You know, um, I think back to the days when I approached my husband or I approached my best friend at the time. And I was like, hey, so I have this idea. What do you think? And, you know. Uh, I approached this woman who ended up being my agent. And I said, I have this idea. And what do you think? And at the time, it sounded so crazy. And then it happened. And that, that's the thing I, I learned was just to, to, to not give up, to be super stubborn about the things that I felt like that. And then you, and then you end up with this. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> what, what is the thing in writing when you get together with friends, other writer friends? What is the thing that you always end up talking about? Oh, oh, what do you like thinking That's about when you think about writing? For me, I'm a time management junkie. Yes, time management. Um, well, I, a lot of the time there's a lot there's a discussion of finding the time because mm -hmm. so many uh, of the people that I'm interacting with are parents of young children, older children, uh, families, there's people going in every direction. And, and the question I get a lot is, how do you manage to squeeze a book out in between the laundry and the dishes and the whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I came back to, I don't know. I just was so crazy. And and I was, I couldn't not do it. <laughs> oh, what I love about the clutter book, too, is that you're clutter for the rest of us. You are not Marie Kondo. You are, <laughs> or, nor do you want to be, God bless you. And it, uh, it's just so, it's just so real and it's so on the page and, and, and the way you approach dialogue too, is something I just wanted to mention too, is that your dialogue is very, very real and your, the conversations oh, that you have with your kids are very, are very real. Is there a way that you approach that or is it, does that just come naturally? I, I take uh, notes. Because I, I want things, I'm a big um, literal person when it comes mm -hmm. to that. I want things to be as accurate and true to what people actually said and how it actually happened as possible. Um, so I carry notebooks in my purse. 
And, you know, I make notes on my phone and I make notes on everything, cocktail napkins, you know, um, because I, I, I really like that, uh, that feeling of authenticity that you, you, you're mm-hmm. going for mm-hmm. is, this is really what we said. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, that, that's some of, that's one of the things in, in the sugar book in particular, but in both books, you know, people really have said to me that they're one of their favorite parts is reading my kids journey. Yes. Um, you know, kids, kids and sugar are yes. such a, um, you know, it's like, you know, if you don't let your kids have all the sugar they want, it's tantamount to child abuse in our culture, you know? <laughs> so people are like, you know, how did you do that? How did they, how did they not hate you? Um, you know, so but people love reading the excerpts, for example, from my older daughter, Greta, she was 11 at the time and she kept a journal and I got her permission to. I love that part. Her. Yep. Um, cause I, you know, I was very careful. I, and, and then I said, do you mind if I put excerpts from this in the book? And she said, no, it's fine. And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best parts of the book. It's, it's absolutely, you know, because her 11 year old perspective, writing about her friends, making fun of her and teasing her yeah. and, you know, and here I am going, oh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm the one who instigated this. And I have to accept that, you know, yeah, that I, she wouldn't have been going through that if not for me. So, you know, I had, I had to own that and be like, but the bigger picture, you know, uh, is, is that they have a great fondness for the project now when they talk about it. Um, and they know more about their food supply than most adults I know. Which is amazing, <laughs> which, is a, which is a great thing. Now, for some, for some of my students, we talk about this a lot. I, I give veto power on my, non, uh, my creative nonfiction to my wife and my sisters. Those are the only people to get veto power. Um, everybody else... I don't really ask. I just try to write kindly about people and, and, you know, most critically of myself. Does anybody, do you run these pages past your husband and your girls before they're published? Wow. (laughs) I I hadn't thought about the veto idea. That's an interesting thought. I don't think you should give it to them if you don't, if you don't have to. Yeah. I just trust (laughs) that I've represented this as to to the best of my ability. This was my experience of this. And I, I try to just, let that be okay. So that it, that's what it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> to, to be, but, to be no. fair, no one's ever asked me to veto anything, but, but to know that they have it makes them yes. feel better. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, with other folks, I've gotten into trouble on both sides in one book, uh, in the first book, the sugar book, I had some people who were like very unhappy because I had mentioned them very tangentially. Oh, and I'm like, grief. I didn't say anything bad. What's, what right they felt you know sort of taking their story and i'm like no i have my own story and you know and i'm just telling you right so then in the second book in the clutter book then i sort of went too far the other way and i was letting people read chapters going well you're mentioned in this chapter so make sure you're okay with it and then people started getting a little bananas about that going oh oh i don't know if i you know and i was like okay okay i (laughs) i i have to what's the right balance here of like, I don't want to make people angry. I mean, my dad, my dad, you know, I wrote all about him and I sent it to him after the fact. And he's, my dad is a hoarder mm-hmm. and um, he is not super clear on that himself. If you were to ask him, he probably would say, no, no, no. I mean, I have a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. um, so, so I tried really hard to uh, tell his story in a very um, open way 
way and in a way that said, listen, this is where I get it from. So, you know, I, I, uh, I'm not pointing any fingers here. This is something that I have that he has. And I did let him read it, of course, afterwards. And what did, what, what did he <laughs> think about it? Dad, I, I said to him, Dad, I really I love you and I respect you. And I really hope that uh, you can read this and, and know that it comes from a place of love. You showed and, it lovingly and you showed it respectfully, I thought. But, oh, truth, but so truthfully, <laughs> it read as truthful. There weren't, you weren't glossing things over. You were, you were showing it as you saw it. And that makes me very happy that you say that. Um, because of course you worry about these things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's my dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. Oh, fabulous. What is the best book you've read recently? <laughs> Let's move on to that. Ooh. Okay. Um, I read Running with Scissors. Oh, you know what? That is on my, that's on my desk, my table, my nightstand. And it's been there for like six months. Okay. Oh my God. And especially because he's so freaking funny and a funny memoir is like my favorite thing. Me too. So that's what I'm always trying to write is a funny memoir, you know? Yeah. Um, So I, I loved it, but I will caution that it's pretty explicit. Mm -hmm. So it may not be for everybody. I, enjoyed it tremendously and just got so much out of it and i laughed so much oh good good yeah yeah pick that up i'm going to open that book immediately i've always loved him okay so where can we find you um online um i hope you can find me everywhere (laughs) i'm trying really hard to do uh, everything i should be doing uh i'm on instagram i have a facebook author group so that's uh eve oshab author uh, I'm on Twitter, um, and I have a blog on my website. So if you just go to eve at com, I write about sugar and I write about clutter. And of course, I'll have, you know, all kinds of news as new projects are coming about, uh, new things are happening. You might not be able to talk about it, but do you have another year book in you coming out? I have one. I have one more year of book, but that's actually not what I'm working on right now. That's going to be next. I'm just in the process of finishing up a third book that is a follow-up to Year of No Sugar. And Ooh. the reason, it's, and, and that's, it's, it's weird territory for me to be, you know, not, it's, it's sort of memoir-y because there are lots and lots of stories because I absolutely can't help myself. I would not have any fun if I couldn't tell stories. But there's also a lot of recipes. There's going to be like, I don't know, about 50 recipes um, and a lot of tips and a lot of new information that's come out um, because there's been so many developments since 2014 when Year of No Sugar originally came out. When did the the case against sugar come out by Gary Taubes? Was that after your book or was it right around the same time? That was after. It was after, A little bit after. But there's been tremendous momentum on the subject of sugar. I mean, right at the same time the movie Fed Up came out, um, there's been books and movies and all kinds. There's another, there's an Australian film called that sugar film, which I also highly recommend. He's very entertaining Ooh. and it, you would like it. It's in the tradition of Morgan Spurlock. Yes. Sort of love him. Experiments yeah. on himself. Uh, and he actually eats healthy food that contains, you know, yogurts and smoothies and granola bars. And, and just like happened to Morgan Spurlock, his <laughs> body goes nuts. Right, and he gained all this weight, and then he start, you know, his organs are starting to like go into. Fit. I mean, it's yeah. just because of the sugar. Because we think, oh, it's healthy food. No, no, no. Even if it's labeled health food, even if the packaging, you know, everything about it, it's all the right signals. 
you have to read the label. You have to read the ingredients. And if sugar is the number one ingredient, you don't want to be eating. I, I try not so to eat it if it's anywhere on the list. Yeah. I was, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raised by a mom like you for like, not just one year for my whole life. We had no sugar in our house. We had carob I, chips and occasionally, occasionally honey. Yeah. It backfired hard because you know, then I went to frost, <laughs> frosted flakes when I went to college. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. And so I really, I tried hard not to do that. No, and say, you, you did. What? So, yeah. When you guys, you know, when this year's over, you guys are going to have all the information you need. Well, I can't wait to, I can't wait to read that. I am seriously your biggest fan. You write exactly what I want to read and you have a way of displaying yourself on the page that makes you feel like a friend to the person who is reading it. And that is, I honor that so much. I I love that so much. I'm, I'm, I just can't wait to read you again. So so much, Rachel. Thank you. That's Thanks. Amazing. Thank you for being on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, of course. Okay. It's my pleasure. Keep in touch and happy writing to you. Thank you. Okay. And you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.